Well, it is Sunday, and uh, it happens to be, I don't know if you knew this or not, but it happens to be the last Sunday of 2019. The last Sunday of 2019. Can you believe that? Does it feel like it just flew by? I mean, like 2020 is going to be here. You know, like this is the time of the year. Like we just got through Christmas, right? I mean, it's crazy. Hopefully you had a great Christmas and uh, all of that fun stuff. And Christmas is one of those times that's really fun because you get to sit down and you get to watch some Christmas movies. How many like watching Christmas movies? I mean, it's just the season, right? You don't watch Christmas movies now. You watch them before Christmas, right? You watch them before Christmas. You don't watch them in April. You're not watching Christmas movies then. You watch them in December, right? Leading up to Christmas, it builds the anticipation. It's just sort of fun. It's that time of year that you watch that. Well, right now, there's a small little window, okay, of time that is really fun to go back and watch movies that are like end of the world movies, but it's like 2000 and 2009, and you're like, wait a second, it's 2019. But like, if you go back and watch some of those old movies, there were these movies that would come out that were predicting the end of the world, you know, kind of movies. And, uh, and we've made it, guys. We've made it. We're heading into 2020, which is really, really quite exciting when you stop and think about it. And I was thinking about, like, okay, what do we talk about? Do we kick off a new series, you know, finishing the year? Or do we do a standalone message? And I decided that, like, as we head, head out of 2019, that we would do just sort of a, a, a standalone message. And my hope out of this message today um, is that this message will motivate us and set us up for success as we enter into 2020. So if you have your Bible or your version Bible app, let's pull that out and let's open it up to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, if you have a note card or something to take notes on, you can write the title of today's talk, which is going to be Good Intentions. Good Intentions. That's going to, it's just, it's not a series, just standalone. So today is it. And so you're going to have everything wrapped up in this little talk right here, right now. So now that we have Good Intentions written down, you're opened up to Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at our text. We're going to kick it off with verse 10 through 14. As we read this, you're going to hear one little verse that is a very popular little verse. I want you to see if you can identify which verse is going to be the popular verse that everybody knows so well. Here we go. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 through 14. It says this, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I ever need it. Not that I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for being an awesome God. And I just want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. I pray, Father, that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes, to see and open our minds that we might understand and then soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all that you speak. And give us the strength and the courage to put what you speak into action, God, because we don't want to just be hearers of your word, God. We want to be doers. Help us to be your church. And everybody in this place said, Amen. 
As we read our text today, did anybody catch the popular little verse? Anybody want to take a, a shot at what it was? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, Philippians 4.13. That was a popular one. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me what? Strength. I mean, it's just one of those verses that, I mean, when you hear it, it just sort of like sinks in, right? It's like, oh man, I'm latching on to that one. That's a good one, right? Matter of fact, if you go to sporting events, you'll sometimes even see this verse on like the signs. I mean, John 3.16 is number one, right? That's held up more than anything else. But Philippians 4.13 gets held up quite a few times too. And, and if you look at athletes, you'll notice that a lot of them have these things. I, I think they call them tattoos on their body, right? And sometimes you'll see them... And they say Philippians 4.13 and you're like, well, I wonder what that is, you know? And it's just one of those verses that people tattoo on themselves, right? Why? Because it's a cool verse, right? From, from football to, to tattoos to the list goes on and on. This is a verse that just, it just carries some weight to it. It has a, something special. I mean, why not, right? I mean, it says everything, right? I can do everything. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to do everything? I mean, that's something that I want to do, right? If I can, if I can succeed... If if I can find sex, or not sex, if I can find success, uh, man, sometimes you talk too fast and bad things happen. All right, so if I can find success, then why in the world wouldn't I want to latch on to that verse? So let's have a little fun with this verse right here, right now. You guys ready? Since I'm doing these uh, word blurbs, you know, let's, let's continue to have some fun. Let's do this. Let's take a moment. And uh, let's think of something that you want to accomplish in your lifetime. Or maybe in 2020. Okay, It doesn't have to be 2020. But uh, what is something that you want to accomplish? Something that you want to get done? Something that you're like, man, here's a goal. I'm going to set a goal. And it's been a goal of mine for a while maybe. Uh, maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's something new. But what is something that you're like, I really want to get this done. I want, I want to do this. Think of it when you have it, okay? I want you to write it down in your notes so you don't forget. Or put it in your memory bank so that it's always there and you don't forget. And I want you to think, okay? I want you to think of that thing now that it's in your head, now that you got what that thing is that you want to accomplish. I want you to think of that thing. And I want you to put that thing in the part that says everything in our text. And let's read that little famous verse one more time. It says this, For I can do your thing, everything, for I can do this thing through Christ who gives me strength. Isn't that cool? I, I like doing that. I mean, it's just sort of a cool, fun little thing to do, and it's just sort of motivating, and it just sort of fires you up. You're like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. I can step out and get out of the boat and attack this goal, this thing, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. Now, let's take it a step farther. Let's do another little action step here. Let's think of something for a moment that maybe you want to overcome in your life, okay? Not as flashy, not as fun, but what is something in your life that you want to get rid of or you want to overcome, okay? Think of that thing, and as you think of that thing, let's go back to our verse, and let's think of that thing as we read that verse and place that thing that we've thought of that we want to overcome in place of everything. Here's what it says. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Not as fun as the first one, but still there's a weight that sort of gets lifted if you knew that you could overcome that thing and give that thing up, right? Now, Hold on to those two things that you've identified, the thing that you want to accomplish and the thing that you want to uh, overcome. Hold on to those because we're going to come back to those here at the end. But for now, let's move on because there's something special inside of every single one of us that wants to accomplish something in life. 
We don't go through life just sitting there and saying, you know what? I don't want to do anything with my life. That's just not a natural place to be. People have goals. They have dreams. They have things that they want to do. Maybe it's finding an order and a purpose to the chaos of life, right? I mean, life is chaotic. And sometimes it's, man, if I could just get some order, some peace, some purpose to this place, to my existence here, man, that would be really a cool thing. Maybe maybe it's to lose a few pounds and get a little bit healthier. I mean, we just made it through Christmas and, and, and Thanksgiving and all that. And it's like, man, I just, you know, the winter months, it's like, I, I feel like I, I get Get more unhealthy because it's just like, you know, things happen, right? And it's like, man, if I could just do that, I would feel a little bit better. Maybe it's to like, you know, keep track of the budget. You know, I've said a budget before, but like I've never actually followed a budget. And it's like, man, I just would love to be able to stay on task, you know, to, to pursue those financial goals of, that I've set for myself. Maybe maybe it's to create uh, some memories with the family, right? You got little ones and all of a sudden they're just growing up so fast and it's like, man, and I just, I would love, you know, this year to really lock in some good memories, not just do life, but, and just sort of, you know, on the wheel, but I want to be intentional about making some memories that last, right? So we all have these things, these goals, these things that we want to accomplish in life. And as we head into the new year, a lot of times what you see people do is they set goals this time of year, right? It's the time of year where it's like, there's a new beginning. It's going to be another year. And this is going to be the year that I succeed. This is going to be the year that I said, I've already seen Instagram uh, in the stories. People are posting these things, the new me, right? And uh, I'm not going to wait till the new year. I'm going to start now. And it's like, are you really? Okay, all right. You know, like you're a couple days. It's just, this is the time of year where people are like, man, let's go. You know, it's like fired up and they're ready to commit to this new them, right? And and so they do. They set goals and they do these things. It, it's just special time of year. So the goals sometimes happen to be spiritual goals as well, especially within the Christian circle, right? If you have people that are followers of Christ, they, they have these, these personal goals with life, but then they also have spiritual goals that they set. And I love seeing the spiritual goals. I just get fired up about it because I'm like, yeah, Go get it. Go do it, right? Maybe it's, you know, they set a goal like this. Like, man, I'm just going to pray a little bit more this year. I'm going to spend more time on my knees, more time in conversation with God. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, yes, do it, right? Maybe, maybe they set a goal and say, you know what? I'm going to read through the Bible this year. I'm going to start in Genesis. I'm going to read all the way through to Revelations from, from January to December. I'm like, that is a sweet goal. And, and, and I think it's incredibly awesome when I see people accomplish that. Maybe it's, you know, like, you know what? This is going to be the year that I'm going to actually dig within myself and find the courage to actually share my faith with somebody who doesn't believe. Maybe it's one of my friends. Maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe it's somebody at work. But I'm going to share my faith. Maybe, maybe it's just like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to share my faith, but I'm at least going to invite them to church. I'm going to invite them to Timbers, right? You know, I'm going to find the courage to do that. Or maybe there is something in your life that you've identified as sin. And you're like, man, I just keep struggling with this sin. It's a reoccurring sin. It's just, I know I shouldn't do it and I, I don't want to do it. And so this is going to be the year that I decide that I'm going to go all in and I'm going to overcome that sin, that addiction, that thing that keeps tripping me up. No more. It's out, right? I love hearing these goals that people set. Their intentions and the intentions that they, they they're, they're good intentions and the, 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 they've been set. They're, they're locked in. They're ready to commit. They're good. And they're, they're like, I'm all in on this thing. But then sometimes when we set our good intentions, 
When we decide that we're going to move in that direction, sometimes those intentions go bad. Right? Sometimes we have the best of intentions, but it's like it doesn't take too long into the new year, into after we set the goal, into after we made the commitment that we all of a sudden trip over our own feet and something happens that sets us off track. We get off the rails. Something happens and we take a fall. It just goes bad. Right? I don't know if you've ever heard of the skateboarder by the name of Jake Brown, but Jake Brown is a professional skateboarder and uh, he knows a little bit about this. I'm not a big skater myself, but I, I, I sometimes, if I'm flipping channels, right, I, I come across these things called the X Games, and it's these extreme sports. And there's just something about the X Games that sort of pulls me in. Anytime I see these guys doing crazy things that look easy to them, it just sort of catches my attention. I'm like, I'm going to watch this, right? And, uh, and in 2007, Jake Brown was competing in the Summer X Games, and uh, he was competing in this thing called the Mega Ramp Competition, okay? The Mega Ramp. I mean, it sounds cool, right? And basically what it was, was they would build this ginormous ramp, and the skateboarder would get up at the top of the ramp, and he would get on his board, and he would ride this ramp straight down, okay? Get massive speed, and he would hit this jump that would launch him into this crazy jump, and he would land it on the other side. But while he was in the jump, while he was in the air, he would perform some kind of trick. He would land it, and then he would come down that ramp, and he would hit another ramp that was a half pipe, meaning that it would come literally to straight up, and he would launch himself to get mega air, which is why they call it the mega ramp, right? And they would, they would have this thing that would track to see how high he could get, and he would get as high as he could possibly get while pulling off a trick, coming back down into the half pipe and landing it, and the crowd would go wild and cheer, and they would rank them based on what tricks they performed. And he was competing in this, and he was getting ready to attempt the first ever 720 to a 540. And you're like, wow, what is that, right? Just a bunch of numbers. That's what I thought, you know, until I started to think about it. I'm like, wait a second, a 360, that, I know what a 360 is. A 360 is one full rotation, right? So that means a 720 would be two full rotations. He would hit this jump. He would do two full rotations in the air before landing it. And then he would go do a 540, which would be one full rotation, one and a half rotations would make a 540. So, I mean, an incredible trick. Never been done before, 720. And he is going to set out to do it. So rather than just explain to you what happened, I thought today we would watch it. So if you're a little queasy, just shut your eyes. All right, check out this dude. Here he goes down the mega ramp. He flies 720, first time ever in competition, up the half tight, and splat. Not looking too good for Jake Brown. The medics come running out to check on him. The announcers we had to talk over because one of them did swear on national television. And... Uh, and here we see a little bit of a replay here in a second where you see him fly up. He sort of lost his momentum there. He flies back up. He flies up. You can see the gauge. He's 45 feet high. He's coming down. He turns. And all of a sudden, his shoes pop off. And 
There he goes, up high. That's the aha moment where I think my good intention just went bad. And he comes down. Stop there. Good intentions gone bad. Right? It just sort of puts this sickening feeling inside of your stomach. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. See, I'm building the anticipation here. <laughs> Do you want to know? He is still alive, okay? So he's still alive. He, he didn't die, okay? I would not show you somebody dying. But let, let's get to it. We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this anticipation going. All right. <laughs> Good intentions gone bad. So it went bad. It happens to all of us, right? We, we have these moments in our lives where we have this intention of something that is extreme, something that is big, something that we're like, I'm going to do this. And the motivation to do it, the courage and the strength to actually step out of the boat and to take the, the risk, it's t- it, it, it takes a lot. We take it and then it doesn't go according to our plan, right? Like, I want to eat healthy. I want to exercise. But then... There's this lady called Miss Steph, and she bakes all these goodies, and she brings these goodies into work, and you know they're going to be amazing because it's Miss Steph, and it's like you had one one time, and it's like this, it's like anything she makes, it's going to go here, and it's going to be amazing, and there's going to be these things that release in your mind, and you're just like, oh, I can't offend Miss Steph, like I got to, and so you're at work, and all of a sudden the tray's gone, and you're like, I had this intention to eat healthy. I had this intention to exercise and do good. But ah, I can't go to work and do it. And I have to work. And Miss Steph keeps, you know, it's like sabotage, right? And it's like happens. We want to get up earlier. It's like, man, I'm going to win the day. I'm going to, I'm going to set the alarm. I'm going to get up early. But then all of a sudden the alarm goes off and, and, it's, and it's weird. It goes off at the exact time that we set it to go off. And it's like, why did it do that? You know, I was in sound sleep. I was having this beautiful dream and the bed feels warm and it feels nice. And and I just don't know if it would be right for me to get out at this moment. And so we just sort of hit that snooze, you know, once, twice. And it's like, this is what I'm called to do. Forget this, you know, this this idea of getting up or or, or we say we're going to take control of our finances. Right. We're going to set this budget. But then the unexpected comes up. It always does some kind of thing. It's an emergency. I got to do it. I got, sometimes the unexpected is not so much emergency. It's just a sale of something that we really, really think that we need. Right. And and, and so then there's these these moments where we're like, man, I'm going to make memories with my family. I'm not just going to go through life and watch them grow up and have no special moments. I'm going to make special moments. But then we come home from work. And when we come home from work, we feel like it's been a long day and we're stressed out. And it's just so much easier to plop down on the couch and say, okay, we're just going to Netflix tonight. And we, we put it on and say, let's just watch something. Oh, it's such a special memory. Just watching some Netflix with our kids, you know, uh, or, or, or we say we're going to read the Bible and we're going to pray more. Right. But then where do we have the time to do that? With everything else that's going on. And we start to look at our schedule and start to look at our life. And, and there's just something hard about doing spiritual disciplines and working it into the schedule. And so we say, you know what? I, at least I go to church every week. I mean, that's better than most, right? We want to overcome that temptation, that thing in our life that keeps tripping us up. But if we're honest with ourselves, we also sort of like it. And so we say, well, one more time. One more time. See, 
when it comes to things like this, it's hard. And the guy who wrote Philippians chapter 4, his name was Paul. And Paul said everything. And it sounded so good. But Paul himself also had his own struggles. When he said everything here in this text, he was actually referring to learning a secret. A secret to living life. See, he had learned how to live his life with much and with little. He had learned how to live his life with an empty stomach and a full stomach. He had learned a secret that really helped him find success in life. But even Paul had these outside circumstances that would cause him to struggle. See, sometimes Paul himself would have good intentions that would go bad. You can actually see this if you flip over to Romans and in Romans chapter seven, you can see him talking about some of his frustrations with this. And and he says this in Romans chapter seven, verse 15, he says, I don't really understand myself where I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever felt that way? I feel that way many times. It's just one of those things. We've all been there. We've all had these moments where it's like, I want to do this, but I end up doing this. And we fall down. And sometimes when we fall down, it feels worse than a 45-foot fall, doesn't it? It's this feeling that I've failed. It's this feeling that I just can't get it right. It's this feeling like it's over. I might as well stay down here. There's no reason to try again. There's no reason to get up. Because if I do, I'm going to experience the pain of the fall one more time. And so our attention was good. But it didn't go the way we intended it to. And so we wrestle with what to do next. See the battle that rages on inside of all of us. It's a battle that is so real. And the pain that is felt from our attempts to find success, it's real too. It's a real pain. So what do we do? Do we throw in the towel? Do we say enough? I'm not going to try again. Or do we be disciplined enough to keep on keeping on? To keep on fighting? To keep on getting up? To keep on trying it again? I want you to check out what the writer in Hebrews had to say in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. He said this. He said, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Discipline. It's not enjoyable, right? It's not enjoyable. But if you continue on with it. There is a a peace that comes from it. See, to find success, we have to embrace the discipline that it takes to get up and keep on going. It's not going to just come easily in our life. It's going to take some grit. It's going to take some some drive. It's going to take some fight. But if you are willing to go through the getting knocked down, if you're willing sometimes to get knocked down, then you're going to eventually, and and if you're willing to keep getting up and trying again, you're going to eventually find Find a place where you're going to experience the reward of getting up, getting up, getting up and trying again, trying again. Because if you keep on keeping on, the reward will come because each time you get knocked down and each time you get back up, you learn a little bit something more about yourself and about your God and about your circumstance. And it's huge. It's huge. 
So back to Jake Brown, Devin. What happened to Jake Brown? Jake Brown, amazingly, he actually got up from that fall and walked off on his own two feet. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you see that fall and you just like his shoes pop off, his head goes back in, you know, 45 feet. How do you survive that? And he just gets up and he walks off. Now, they insisted that they took him to the hospital. They're like, no, I'm sorry, you're not just walking off like you're going to the hospital. So they took him to the hospital and they held him for not one day, not two days, but four days. They held him in the hospital because they're like, you can't fall like that and not have something going on inside of you. Something is off. And so just the fact that you tried that, it tells us that something is off. And so therefore, we need to check you out and we need you here for four days. And so they observed him for four days. And after four days of sort of walking, watching him. They realized they could release him, that he was okay. And so, yeah, he had a little bit of a hobble, right? Took him a little bit to get all the aches and pains out of his body. But eventually he went right back to doing what he does. And that is training on a skateboard. And as he trained on a skateboard, he was committed to coming back in 2008 and competing in the same game, same competition. And he did. And he ended up taking third. How cool is that? He goes from this crazy fall to coming all the way back and saying, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to try again. And and then he goes out with a medal, with a third place medal. And he says, you know what? It's not good enough. So he comes back in 2009, competes again, same ramp, same thing. And he does something that is unheard of. He gets a gold. And then he comes back in 2010. He does the same thing and comes back and gets a goal. Jake Brown has went down in history as being one of the best skateboarders ever to walk this planet. It's really, really incredible. And uh, he, he pulled off something that had never been done. A 720, even in his fall there, the 720 was landed. And it was a trick that had never in the history of mankind had been landed. He was the first to ever do it. And so Jake Brown has an incredible skateboarding story to tell. It. And there's a principle there, right? Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep on. Keeping on. Now, because uh, I told you that, it sort of mot- motivated me to bring in a little prop. And so I got a prop here today, right? Uh, it's a skateboard. And, uh, and the reason why I brought this is because I used to skate. I don't know if you knew that about me. Did you know anybody know that about me? Yeah, I used to be a skateboarder. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> But I want to tell you my skateboarding story because it, it was uh, I have a story that forever changed my life when I was skateboarding. And uh, I've been waiting to tell this story uh, for a while now because it's one of my favorite stories. But here's the deal. Uh, I borrowed this skateboard. I barely got to bring it today because I had to borrow it from my daughter. This is Alan's skateboard. Uh, and uh, it's not the exact kind of skateboard that I used to use. I used to use one of those trick ones. You know, they sort of come up on each side. And, you know, it's all sandpaper, so bust your shoes all up. And, uh, but really, you don't ride it. You just carry it. I mean, that's, that's how you do it. You know, it's just you got it like this. As long as you got your board like this, you're cool, right? And uh, I wanted to be a youth pastor. And, uh, and it had been years since I had done any skating. When I was skateboarding, it was like back in junior high, okay? I was really good. I could all the curb. Well, off the curb. You know, like you go fast enough, get off the curb. You know, it was like... And, uh, and then my dog would pull me around town. So I was like legit, you know? And, uh, and so anyhow, I, was, I hadn't skateboarded in years, but I had it tucked away in the closet, right? My skateboard. And I wanted to be a youth pastor. I was like 19 years old. And, uh, and I wasn't a pastor yet, but I just had a heart for teenagers. And there was a skate park right by my house that I kept going by. And there was all these teenagers out there. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be a youth pastor. There's a whole bunch of kids that I bet you don't know Jesus. And I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to be cool, 19-year-old cool kid. 
hanging out with the skaters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go connect with them. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus, get them in church someday. You know, the next start somewhere, you got to first build a bridge, right? you got to build a relationship first. So I'm going to go start building a relationship with them. So I went in. I pulled out my board out of the closet. And uh, I went through my clothes. And I found the clothes that were the most baggy clothes I could get. Put my pants around a little bit, you know, so that I would fit in. And I went over there to the, the skate park. And... Uh, and as I got there, there's all these kids doing their tricks and stuff. It was really, really cool. And I just sort of did what I do. I held the board. Yeah, what's up? You know? And I just sort of watched these kids, you know? And there was a little half pipe there. Just really a little one. I mean, there's little kids going down. And they're going down. And I'm like, dude, that's cool. Like, these kids are like, they're going down. It's not that hard. They make it look so easy, right? And, uh, and so I'm sitting there. And I'm like, ah, I'm a little bit scared. You know, like, I'm just going to sit here and just hold my board. And slowly I'll, I'll talk to somebody eventually and so I'm waiting for my opportunity to engage and finally some kid saw me, some teenager saw me there with my board and I'm older and I looked out of place I guess but usually when somebody's older with a board it usually means you don't have to skate right if you're that old and still carrying a board to escape on there right and so they see me and so they instantly you know were like hey dude you 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 want your turn hey come come on come join us I was like, me? Oh, don't. I've never done a half pipe. Uh, yeah, I'm a freestyle skater, you know. I skate, I skate the streets, you know. And, uh, and they're like, oh, well, the half pipe's really easy. You could do it. And I'm like, it's easy? Never believe a teenager when they say something's easy. It's just not true, okay? And so I believe them. I get up there, and I grab my board, and I'm like, okay, like, here's the deal. Like, they, they're explaining it. you got to put the lip of the board right here. And the wheels of the board right there, and the board's like this, and the half pipe goes down, right? You know? And so I'm looking at it, I'm like, they're like, all you have to do is just step on the top part of the board, push in, and as you push in, you're going to ride on down, right? And so I'm like, this is awesome, right? And so I'm like, so easy, so simple. And so I slowly start to push, but as I start to push, I didn't push hard enough. And so what happens is the board just sort of flew out from underneath me, and I laid it on my hip, and I, I, I slid down to the bottom of the half pipe. The board literally went flying up the other side of the half pipe. Some kid reached up and grabbed it like that, and, and I'm like, ah. but I knew exactly what I had done wrong. I didn't commit, right? I was, I was so scared, and I just barely pushed. I was like, I needed to commit to this. If I would have committed, I could have done it. So I ran up. I, I had this bruise already on my hip. I could feel it coming. But I ran up and I grabbed that skateboard. I ran up to the other side and said, let me try again. And this time, I will commit. And so sure enough, this time, with everything that I had, I pushed in on that board. I pushed so hard that I literally went this way. And went face first down. The board went flying up backwards. I landed on my wrist, sprained my wrist. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, dude, this is not good, right? And so I'm going, I'm going, I'm trying, and I'm like, I'm not giving up. And these kids are laughing at me. I'm like, I came here with a purpose, and the only way I'm going to get this purpose is for what I have to do this. So I got to get it. So I, I grabbed it again, and I did it again, and again, again, and I kept falling over and over and over again. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm beat up. I'm feeling it. And finally, I hit this one where I wreck, and the board sort of goes off the half pipe, sort of like that. And it's rolling away, and I'm slowly getting up, and I'm trying to get over there to the board. And as the board is rolling away, there's this little kid that must have been like eight, nine years old. And the board's rolling, and he just sort of goes like this, stops the board. And he sort of flips the board up, and he picks it up, and he hands it back to me. He's like, eyes all big looking at me. He's like, boy, you're going to be good. 
and I wanted to smack that kid. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to be good. Are you not seeing what I'm seeing? I'm falling over and over again. I'm beat up. I got bruises. I got sprained wrists. I got all this kind of stuff going on. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, but you keep getting back up. And it was that moment that forever changed my life because I realized something. If you're willing to suffer through the pain, If you're willing to get back up, you will find success. You see, skateboarding, the falls, they hurt. But when it comes to life, when we fall, it hurts a little bit more. And getting up from falls in life can be a lot harder than getting up with a skateboard. But I'm telling you this, it can be done. Solomon actually addressed this in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. He said this. He said, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. There's something about choosing to get up after a fall that will set you apart from everybody else. Let's not be people that get overthrown because of one disaster that strikes us. As we head into 2020, let's know that, yeah, we might trip up. Our intention might not be met the first time. But let's keep on trying. Reed, you can come on up. Because if we keep on keeping on, and we keep on getting back up, eventually our reward will come. Eventually we will find success. As we wrap things up today, let's go back to this popular verse that we looked at at the beginning. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says this. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Too many people focus in on the word everything. It's a word that excites us because we want to be able to do everything. That's the word that means success in our eyes. If I can do everything, then I can find success, right? And so our focus zeroes in on everything. But the truth of the matter is when Paul stated this, he wasn't focused at all on the everything. The focus of the verse was always meant to be on Christ. I can do everything through who? Through myself? No. Through my Christ? Yes. You see, that is the secret that Paul was trying to communicate. The secret to living life, the secret of living with little and with much, the secret of being able to have an empty stomach and still have have contentment and having a whole stomach and having contentment. The secret to life was living life through Christ. If we want to understand this verse, if we want to succeed in what it is that we're pursuing, then we need to focus in on the secret. We need to focus in on the Christ, on Jesus. Because then and only then is when we're going to find what it actually means to be content in all things. In our successes and in our failures. Then and only then are we going to be able to have the strength to actually get up from a 45-foot fall. Then and only then will we be able to actually overcome that reoccurring sin. 
knowing everybody here today, I know that we've all started the journey of following Christ. We've given our life to Him, but if somebody was here that had not, or if somebody heard this message that had not, this is the moment where they turn their life to Him. Say, you know what? I've been missing the thing that I need to be focused in on. And this is the moment where somebody would have an opportunity to say yes to Christ. Say, I'm going to start the journey of following Him. We always encourage people to do that. But for us here today, we want to leave with a cue, an action step that we can put into action. And I want it to be this. You remember those two things that you wrote down at the very beginning? That thing that you want to accomplish in your life and that thing that you want to overcome? The cue is going to be this. How can we do a better job of keeping our focus on Jesus while pursuing those two things. There's nothing wrong with pursuing a goal in life. There's nothing wrong with trying to overcome something in your life. But how can we do a better job of keeping Jesus as our focus point as we pursue those things? Because He has to be front and center. So let's do that. Let's just take a moment and let's reflect on that. And let's remember that if we take a fall, that we must get back up. Because the truth of the matter is, you're going to be amazing. Let's pray.